Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT Radio. You're listening to the Steve Malzberg Show on today's news talk radio, TNT. All right, folks, it is four minutes past the hour of 9 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday night here on the East Coast of the United States. And you know what day and time it is wherever you are partaking of the Steve Malzberg Show. Lots to get to tonight. We um, learn that uh, our president, he says he decided, I believe he was told, uh, how and when and where we will retaliate against Iran, their proxies, I don't know. It just hasn't, uh, you know, we don't know. We can only speculate uh, for, of course, what they've been doing to us. So over 160 attacks on our troops culminating uh, on Sunday with the death of three of our troops in Jordan and the wounding of a couple of dozen, at least, others. So, you know, a lot of speculation what that will entail. But the president and everybody around him keep saying, we don't want a war. Iran doesn't want a war. Um, and interestingly enough, and you'll, you'll hear this in a second and you'll see it if you're watching, uh, Biden came out of the White House on the South Lawn on his way to Marine One, the helicopter. And through the noise of the spinning blade of Marine One, uh, answered questions from the media when he just looking lost and hard to understand a little bit, but I'll, I'll guide you through it. But one of the things he said was when they when he was asked if he if you do you hold Iran responsible? And he said, well, we believe that they do supply the weapons to those who have been doing what they're doing. So, again, it's not Iran telling these people to do it. They're just giving them the weapons. And what do people do with weapons? Oh, they play nice with weapons. They uh, they polish them up. They put them on display. They invite people in to look at them. They collect them. Give me a break. I mean, anything, can't say a word against Iran. Not a word. Barack Obama will not hear of it. This is so, so sad. It's so sad and so aggravating. Though when you watch and listen to, as we will in a second, the parents of of those three dead soldiers, it's heartbreaking. It's heart-wrenching. And the White House announced that Biden will be uh, at um, at the uh, the airport at the at Del- Delaware uh, the, the Air Force Base to um, receive the bodies, the proper transfer of the uh, bodies of the three uh, dead soldiers. It, it's so so sad, and to have an administration that doesn't really care, in my view. And and what do I hear from the left? Well, when Trump was president, 55 soldiers were killed. I didn't know it was a contest. This is in the context of a war. We've been attacked 160 plus times. We have dozens and dozens and dozens of wounded soldiers with brain disorders now and other injuries. Yeah, but trying to Trump when he was president. I don't, that, it's, again, one thing has nothing to do with the other. It, they, they're just, they're so pathetic. That was Jessica Tarloff on, uh, on Fox News on, on The Five earlier this evening. Unbelievable. Like, it, like you keep score. 
<laughs> uh, they don't want to keep score at the border with Trump and how many people came through, but they want to keep different kinds of score when it behooves them, of course. Okay, so let's get to it a little bit here. Again, a little hard to hear. I'll, I'll get you through it. Um, this is uh, Joe Biden leaving the White House. He's on the South Lawn. He's going up to the press. Just look how he doesn't know if he should touch his sunglasses, take them off, walk. He's walking like this. It's a, here's cut uh, 371. What? Yes. I do hold respons- responsible in the sense of supplying the weapons to the people who did it. Well, we'll have that discussion. Uh, we'd like to refer these attacks in the past. What will be different We'll see. I don't think we need a wider war in the Middle East. That's not what I'm looking for. Okay. So, do you hold Iran responsible? I hold them responsible for giving them the weapons that they used. Okay. So far, your retaliation hasn't stopped any of the attacks. Do you think this will? We'll see. <laughs> I mean, again, I'm laughing. I want to cry. This, this, now, the American people should be outraged. The nonchalant attitude, we don't want a war. Oh, you know, he might as well have said, well, you know, Iran told us yesterday that they didn't, re- they weren't responsible for the attack on our soldiers in Jordan. Yeah, they gave the people the weapons, but they didn't tell them to use them. I mean, that's basically what he's saying. That's basically what he's saying. I mean, could it get more disgraceful? Yeah, probably can, because it's more disgraceful today than yesterday. Then, you know, I love you more today than yesterday, but only half as much as tomorrow. The same applies to disgracefulness and this administration. Believe me. In other words, you ain't seen nothing yet. Then he walks over a little bit and he takes a question. I believe this is on immigration. And again, he lies through his teeth. He, he might think he's telling the truth, but he lies through his teeth. Here's 372. Have you done everything you can do with executive authority, or is there more you can do absent president? I've done all I can do. Just give me the power. I've asked for the very day I got in office. Give me the border control. Give me the people, give me the people, the judges. Give me the people who can stop this and make it work right. And there are some concerns in the party about the possible escalation of military involvement in the Middle East. Sir, sir, we'll see. And there he goes. And keep in mind that, that helicopter noise because it's going to come into play in a second. That's one of the main reasons I played it for you because I want you to hear a reaction from Dana Perino, who was a White House spokesperson for George W. Bush, comment on that. They played it live on her show, and then she weighed in. But give me a second here. Oh, just give me the authority. Give me the authority. Hey, old man, you have the authority. He he should know he has the authority, because the first thing he did on day one when he became president was 94 executive orders. 
give me the authority. Here's a guy who signed a bill, an executive order, wiping out student debt. And the Supreme Court said, you can't do that. Who did he ask for the authority then? He did what he thought he had to do. But when it comes to immigration, it's a different story. He signed an executive order ending everything Trump did. All, all the 94 executive orders overturned Trump executive orders, including stay in Mexico. Stay in Mexico. That was one of the, uh, of the executive orders. There were others related to immigration that under Trump was nowhere near as bad as this. Give me the authority. What authority? He wants this Senate bill that we don't even know what's in it yet, officially, passed, so he'll get more border agents. But the border agents aren't to keep the immigrants out. It's to process them, to process them. More judges and more border agents and more courts. To process them, not to keep them out. It's like Kirby, John Kirby. We played you the bite yesterday or the day before. Why would you make Texas take down the razor wire when it's working? Well, the border agents can't do their jobs, he said. And Peter Ducey said, but it's keeping the illegals out. He said, well, they have to be processed. And the border agents can't get them and process them. Why do you want them in? Keep them out. And the answer is they don't want them out. And he does have the authority, the executive authority, the same one he used when he took office and got rid of all Trump's policies. He could put them right back in. But they have no desire to do that. They have no desire to do that. Not at all. Now, here's Dana Perino. And uh, she, like I said, Fox News host, The Five, and her own co-host, another show um, on Fox as well. And she was, uh, you know, in the communications department of the W, I want to say W, George W. Bush White House. And so they they, they had the, what you just saw live in their show. And here's how she reacted. Here's 373. That's terrible to me. That's, that's terrible. If, if they at the White House Communications Office want him to make news and want him to take questions, do it in a way where the American people, our allies and our adversaries can hear him clearly. And then you won't get all the questions as to his mental capacity because you could actually hear him if he's being coherent. I'm just... I find it professionally insulting as somebody who used to work there that they think that this is good enough for the president to just to take a question like that when you can't actually hear him above the rotating blades. The other day he was at the Nowhere Coffee Company. He answers a very important question about troops that have just been killed. It's not good enough. As opposed to waiting for the subtitles that come out later. Listen, he was asked the question about the border. He said, give me the authority to do it. Speaker of the House Mike Johnson said over the weekend, you have the authority. The laws are in the books. Enforce them. You don't need us to pass new laws to enforce border security. Yep. And there it is. But she's so right. She's so right. He spent, I didn't show you the whole thing. He spent about two, three minutes, you know, uh, answering questions. And nobody could hear what he was saying. Not all of it. Not clearly. It's a joke. It's a joke. And they don't care. They don't care. Why should they? They get away with it. And, and where's the fact check? Where's all the networks cutting out? Did CNN and MSNBC cut out of Joe Biden when he said, give me the authority? When, in fact, he has the authority? Did they do a show? Oh, well, we... We have to cut out because Joe Biden's lying again. <laughs> Hold your breath for that one, folks. Oh, man. Okay. Now, 
Um, this is uh, Fox and Friends this morning. Steve Ducey, Peter Ducey's dad, um, speaking and well, with the other people there but on the couch, but speaking with uh, the parents of 24-year-old, 24-year-old Kennedy Layden Sanders, who was one of the three soldiers killed in Jordan. And I mean, there's nothing earth shattering here, but it's just so moving. And and Steve gets a little choked up. And here is cut uh, 374. Sean and Oneida, I I don't know if which of you would prefer to speak about this, but you know, Americans' hearts are broken that three brave service members uh, perished in this. And now we're talking about you know how the United States will respond. And there there are all sorts of things out in the press today. Do we hit Iran? Do we hit the proxies? Do we hit them financially? Sean and Oneida, how would you like the United States to respond? You know, as a grieving parent, um, I would not want to see any other parent go through what we're going through right now. But given the circumstances, um, our child and the others who lost their lives are considered heroes in this situation. Um, however, the president of the United States decides to respond, it won't change our situation at all. And that's that's very true. And it, as you'll hear, I, uh, for, I think from Brian Kilmeade when this interview is over, I mean, this just happened Sunday. This is Tuesday. And they're out there, you know, probably still in shock, probably still hasn't hit them 100% the way it will. And they just are out there, you know, uh, I think one of the other families too, uh, trying to let everybody know about their daughter. And here they tell us uh, some things about her. Here is cut uh, 375. Yes, I just want everyone to know that um, Kennedy was a fun-loving person. She lived her life to the fullest. She enjoyed life. Um, she was um, an anime enthusiast. She was open to learning new things. She just enjoyed her life. And, you know, I just encourage everyone, you know, to do the same. And whenever you think about Kennedy, whether you knew her or not, just just think about how joyful of a personality she was and what such a light that she was to those who had the opportunity to know her. And then uh, her father, uh, Kennedy's father, uh, weighed in. Here's cut 376. Well, me being prior service, um, my interest in, you know, I'm always kind of focused on her commitment to, to the Army and understanding the ultimate sacrifice um i came home her big brother came home uh, my dad came home um a lot of us don't don't make, have the opportunity to come home um and for those who don't um we should honor them and they is deserving of this much attention that my daughter has received and i'm gracious um to be part of it <clears throat> and that so many people um are willing to um, reach out and share their sentiments about her duty to the country. Yeah, She had a beautiful smile. She was ambitious. She loved our country and she died a hero and she will she'll always be your baby girl. So thank you so yes. much for 
allowing us to get to know her a little bit better. Sean and thank Oneida, you thank you so much. Thank God you. bless your, you and your family. Thank you. Thank you. Kennedy Sanders was 24 years old. Yeah, I mean. She will be missed. I mean, it's unbelievable what's happened over the last weekend that they're able to come out and speak about it. It's yeah. just uh, unbelievable. It is unbelievable. I mean, again, the, the, the poise that they showed, and uh, I, I think Steve, Steve uh, Ducey showed more emotion than they did. That's not to detract from them in any way, shape, or form. I'm just saying, uh, God bless them, and, and may she rest in peace, along with the other uh, two who were, were killed. Um, defending our country, serving America, not serving the Biden administration as the idiot. No, I'm not going to be talking about Kamala Harris this time or Joy Behar or Sonny Hostin or Whoopi Goldberg, but someone who fits right in and it's got nothing to do with she's a woman and they're all women. Let's think of a dumb guy. Who's a dumb guy? I don't know. There's plenty of Joe Biden, not by his own fault, but you know what I mean? Because people say, oh, he's listing all women. I'm not listing all women, just so happens. And Corinne Jean-Pierre is a disgrace. And don't take it from me. Take it from this Instagram post from Brittany M. Hughes. Who is she? She will explain. But she started her post with a disgusting display from Corinne Jean-Pierre on the death of our three soldiers. Here's cut 377. Uh, obviously, our deepest condolences uh, go out and our heartfelt condolences go out to the families uh, who lost uh, three, three brave uh, three brave, uh, three brave of uh, three folks who are, who are military folks who are brave, who are always fighting, who are fighting on behalf and of uh, this administration. Hi, Corinne, military wife here. Just so you know, the United States military does not fight on behalf of your administration. Doesn't fight on behalf of any administration. The United States military fights on behalf of the United States and the United States Constitution. The three U.S. soldiers who were killed in Jordan over the weekend and the 34 others who were injured were there defending the freedom and liberty of Americans. This is what happens when you hire a black lesbian simply because she's a black lesbian and not because she's any good at her job. It should be illegal to be this incompetent. Three U.S. soldiers are dead. And the most this woman has to offer is to mumble some incoherent sounds like a stroke victim. Now, maybe if we had a president who knew his head from a hole in the wall, whose fortitude on the world stage was stronger than a wet spaghetti noodle, we wouldn't have dead soldiers and a press secretary who has all the intellectual capacity of a bean sprout. It's certainly fair. What, what is, what she... Uh, they are the um, uh, our sympathies for their, their for those uh, the, for them for them the, the, those those uh, they they never called them soldiers uh, for those for the for the, for the, uh, the who, who work for this administration like what the, what the hell are you talking about is it that difficult to say something proper why you didn't have your little book in front of you you couldn't read the answer you couldn't just fake it even, and say something proper that we mourn the loss of these brave men and women who put on the uniform for the United States of America? Do you hate this country so much that you couldn't utter the word soldier or America? 
They work for you at the Biden administration? That's why they signed up? <laughs> wow. What a moron. I mean, just pathetic. And God bless this woman for making that, uh, posting that Instagram post. When I saw it, I said, I got to, I forwarded to me, I forwarded to Ben, and now you saw it and heard it uh, because I had to get it to you. Now, speaking of reading, which is the only thing she's halfway decent at, I mentioned yesterday that Lloyd Austin was at a meeting, you know, at the Pentagon, first of public appearance in a, I don't know, in over a month since he checked into the hospital and disappeared and didn't tell anybody. So he's out. And he had two lines or so to, to, to say. Watch him read. Do any of these people have a clue? And when I say these people, I mean working, the ones working for this administration, okay? The ones who are actually working for this administration. Here's uh, Lloyd Austin, folks. I, it's beyond comprehension. Here's uh, 362. Let me start with my outrage and sorrow for the death of three brave U.S. troops in Jordan and for the other troops who were wounded. The President and I will not tolerate attack on U.S. forces, and we will take all necessary actions to defend the U.S. and our troops. Now, at this important time, I'm glad to be back uh, at the Pentagon. I feel good and am recovering well, but still recovering. Uh, and I appreciate all the, the good wishes that I've received thus far. He read all of that. I mean, his head was down. He was looking at something when he was saying it. If you're not reading it and you have these heartfelt emotions, that's good to be back or whatever, you, you, you look up, you look around the table. Uh, it's, it's good to be back. And I appreciate all the, I mean, what is that? Who are these people? Again, that work for the administration, that are incompetent. Now, maybe he's still sick. Maybe he doesn't belong there, but sick enough that he couldn't put three sentences together saying it's good to be back? Really? Then why is he there? It, it just, it just, it never ends, does it? It never ends ends boy i tell you if i was iran or china or russia i'd be quaking in my boots after hearing corinne jean pierre and our defense secretary wouldn't you and our president we don't know i think they gave him the weapons but you know they probably didn't tell him what to do yeah these these people these uh these uh these uh these uh people who work for the administration yeah we mourn their loss yeah whatever Wow. Wow. This is what the country's become. And if you think this is rock bottom, if you think this is it, wait. Wait. Because I'm more convinced than ever, first of all, there's no way on the face of this earth that the Democrat, Democrats are putting up Joe Biden to be followed in the presidency by Kamala Harris. And that ticket will be known as the Biden-Harris ticket, but not for president and vice president, president for X amount of time, followed by Kamala Harris as president. No way. So he drops out. Now, um, uh, um, 
Megan Kelly read this on Instagram. I came across that also, but I didn't bring it to you because she was reading something. I don't know what she was reading from, but it's not different than what I've been saying for months and months. Biden will drop out somewhere between the end of the primaries and the convention. And guess who's going to take on? Guess who's going to be nominated? Michelle Obama and Gavin Newsom. That's the ticket. That will be the ticket. And if you think things can't get worse than they are now with the wife of the man actually running the country now in the Oval Office, <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet. All right, folks, when we come back, we're going to talk more about Joe Biden, the investigations. Why isn't he responding differently right now as our troops are under attack over 165 times in Three months, barely. Why? Is there a reason? Well, Mike McCormick will join us, and maybe he could uh, give us a reason. Don't go anywhere. Steve Malsberg right here on TNT. TNT's Mark Morano. This just in. We have a new way that's proven effective in dealing with climate protesters who deign to block highways, streets, and other public areas. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this appears to be the most effective way we have, a, uh, we have a field shot, a correspondent on the scene. Let's go to clip four and take a look at how to deal with climate protesters when they block your way on your morning commute. I don't want to see protests shut down, but obviously when you're blocking traffic and you're doing that, you need to be dealt with. I thought this was a great vigilante way of dealing with it. Mark Morano on today's News Talk TNT. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go. I didn't think I'd survive. But I did ask for help, and Covenant House was there for me. One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there. Covenant House helped me break the cycle of homelessness in my family. They gave me the love that I needed. Over 2,000 young people will sleep safely in a Covenant House bed tonight. When youth who are experiencing homelessness have a hot meal, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love, they can overcome heartbreaking challenges and have a brighter future. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. I'm a, I'm a speaker, I'm an author. Covenant House really helped me and really helped mold me into the woman I am today. If you or someone you love is asking for help, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. CO2 sustains all life on Earth, but now it's in long-term decline. We face the return of an ice age. We mandate that the truth be told. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, folks, welcome back. And joining us once again, I'm very pleased to say, is Mike McCormick. He is a former Obama stenographer, author of uh, the brand new book, The Case to Impeach and Imprison Joe Biden. You could also and should, uh, without a doubt, check out his uh, substack, Midnight in the Laptop of Good and Evil. Mike, welcome back, sir. Steve, great to be back with you. How's the book doing? Book's doing real well. It's uh, booming its way right up the the rankings, and uh, people that read it are really finding it high 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 marks. Fantastic, 
And uh, everybody is amazed at the amount of evidence I've put together that will impeach Joe Biden and also add a lot of heft to the desire to imprison him. No, but let, let, let me ask you about that before we get to uh, current events uh, with the regard to uh, the attacks on our military. Um, it seems to me that as we are speeding down this year towards November, um, whether whether my, my previous rant is true or not, comes true or not, and, and Biden is not going to be the nominee, nonetheless, it seems to me, of course, they, they, the House has uh, got two, two articles of impeachment against Mayorkas, our Homeland Security Secretary. It seems like they will vote to impeach him. Um, the, the, the Biden thing, you know, we're still in an inquiry. Uh, we just had a witness yesterday testify behind uh, closed doors. I believe it was behind closed doors. And we had another witness today, former Biden, Hunter Biden business associates. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Uh, but it just seems to me that the talk of impeaching Biden has kind of, you know, gone on to the back burner. Um, do you have confidence that Joe Biden will be impeached by the House of Representatives before his term is up? That's why I wrote my book. I'm not sure exactly what they're doing. I mean, I know the evidence that I've seen, and I, sp I spoke with the House Oversight Committee investigators and the Senate Homeland Security Governmental Affairs investigators back in May, in eight, late April, early May, and nothing came of it. And I tried to get in front of the uh, grand jury that was um, put together by the U.S. attorney in Delaware, David Weiss. He ignored me. They don't want to hear what I have to say. So that's why I wrote the book. That puts this evidence in the court of public opinion. And, you know, you were talking about Michelle Obama. Part of the reason I think they don't want me to testify in front of a Congress in one of these um, sub, uh, transcribed interviews, this is what they're hope they're having these uh, business associates do. First, to do a transcribed interview, and then they may put them in front of the open committee on camera. Well, they don't want me to do either one of those yet because I put a Barack Obama in the middle of this conspiracy. And I think they're afraid of that. They, they seem to be focusing only on the Biden crime family. They're focusing on the bank accounts, the money transfers. They're talking only about the associates of Hunter Biden. But in my book, I clearly have uh, the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Jeffrey Pyatt, is part of this conspiracy. Barack Obama's part of this conspiracy. Uh, current um, uh, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan is part of this conspiracy, and they don't seem to want to go after that. I don't understand why they're so hesitant. I hope they do get to an impeachment, but it should be a broad impeachment. It should be a big investigation, and it should be public. And so far, they're sort of tepidly going forward, and it's not very impressive, frankly. It's really not. No, I couldn't agree with you more. But when you say they, you're talking about leadership who has the say and you're talking about Republicans in the House who don't, who you say are kind of afraid and don't want to go there with uh, with any anyone beyond the Bidens. They don't want to touch Obama. Why? First of all, is that correct? The Republicans, and if so, why do you think that is? Well, I definitely told them the evidence I had, and this is back in April, May. So I developed a lot more evidence and put it in the book, and it's substantial. And why don't they want? And but along the way, as I developed other evidence in my Substack, 
I would send it to these oversight committee investigators. I'd send it on to the Senate investigators. I never heard back from them. And, you know, there's a special counsel out there now. This evidence I've developed, they should be hearing it, and they're not. David Weiss has a special counsel, uh, grand jury out in Los Angeles. They've already um, levied one uh, indictment against Hunter Biden for tax evasion. Why don't they want to broaden their investigation? That's what grand juries are for. And why don't they want to do it? I don't know. I think they're covering for people. They, they want to have sort of a, a small, narrow-minded investigation. There's a lot to this story, and it's most of it is in my book, and it just opens the lid on a whole can of worms. They don't want all the worms pulled out. Yeah, no. I Okay, well, um, you know, I think questions need to be asked uh, to the Republicans uh, about that, why they would uh, not want to open that can of worms. Um, there's a story uh, that was in the New York Post a couple of days ago based on a testimony by the Biden family uh, associate, um, Rob Walker, who said that uh, Joe Biden met the chairman of the Chinese company that paid his family millions um, I, that, you know, that all those checks, all that money com coming from China, going into all the Biden family LLCs, uh, that Joe Biden met this guy. I mean, is that, is that something that you were aware of and how significant is that? Well, Rob Walker, if that's all he told him about, he's holding back a lot of stuff. <laughs> and, and frankly, that's part of the investigation. I mean, if you read the transcripts of these house oversight in, uh, interviews, they're very, they're very gentle almost genteel and so they didn't ask him things that i mean i could have asked them you know i i wrote a substack a while ago about questions they sh they should still ask devin archer that are pretty serious and they missed some significant questions in their interview of him they got a lot of good they got a lot of good information out of that interview they did july 30th with him and i put some of it in my book and it really mattered because it's now evidence. Once he goes under the oath like that, it becomes evidence that Joe Biden was on the phone with Hunter Biden during a board meeting of Burisma in Dubai two days before Joe Biden walked down the uh, gangplank, the stairs of Air Force Two in Kiev and met in front of, in public view, a Burisma board member who might've been at that board meeting. They never asked uh, Devin Archer, who exactly was at the board meeting. They didn't ask him to name all of them. He only named a couple of them. So this guy's name is Vitaly Klitschko. Was he at that board meeting? If he was, this thing was planned, this meet and greet that Joe had on camera, I have, I have a, a substantial amount of evidence about it in my book, was planned through this board meeting. That's Joe Biden committing a crime, covering up for Burisma. And they don't seem to want to really dig into that. Well, then, you know, everything you're saying is so disturbing, but again, not surprising. It's, it just seems to me, as an observer from the outside, that this is just fading away. Here's, a, here's another story. Uh, this came out uh, today. Uh, the, the, a gentleman named Eric uh, Schwerin uh, testi testified to Congress that he gave Joe Biden free uh, financial services while working with Hunter. That um, that well, while Joe Biden was uh, was uh, vice president, while he was doing son a business with Hunter, he he gave him um, you know free uh, I guess he prepared his taxes and and all that kind of stuff. Um, so this is another disturbing incident. Schwerin was at the heart of that 
conspiracy right alongside Devin Archer and Hunter Biden. And for him to say that is just cover, he's just covering. And if these investigators from the House Oversight don't come out and slam him with evidence, I've got evidence that he was present at some of these things. He was present in this conspiracy. He was the stay behind guy. Hunter and Devin Archer would go out in the field. And, you know, Devin Archer did a lot of legwork. Schwerin worked out of D.C. That meant he spent a lot of time with Joe Biden. But Schwerin is right in the middle of it. And then he has a falling out with Hunter Biden in like 2018. Hunter Biden, you know, got seriously into crack, deep into his addiction and started getting paranoid and uh, had a big falling out over, you know, how much money Schwerin was was using and was taking out of the uh, the partnership. So they they went their separate ways. It sounds like Schwerin is still sitting there covering for Joe, covering for Hunter. That's not what's in my book. <laughs> not at well, all. Mike. I mean, what what you, I mean, what, what people are hearing right now is so unique and so rare. You're kind of like a whistleblower that they didn't want to hear your whistleblow. In other words, you you've been pitching yourself. You contacted these people. You offered evidence. You offered your testimony, and they didn't want you, and they didn't want to hear from you, and they they couldn't care less. And now we're seeing everything that you know, things that are in your book, uh, in addition to other uh, information that you have. Uh, and, and you and me and the public that are listening to this show are, are getting to hear, and the people who read your book and read your Substack are getting to hear and, uh, from you, from someone who knows, from someone who has says they have the evidence. I mean, big time stuff. And what you're telling us all is they don't really care. And based on the questions they're asking, the witnesses they are seeing, you're also saying it seems like they don't really care. So this whole thing is very very troublesome it 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 it's frustrating but it goes beyond frustrating because there has to be some fix that's in and i don't know what it is i don't know if people are being blackmailed i don't know if their people are being threatened i don't know if the republicans are just full of crap and never intended to go through with this i don't get it i don't either and that's why i wrote the book and i had a feeling about this they called me a whistleblower when we had this interview with the so the way that it went with the oversight committee guys, there was two two lawyers, very non-committal. I told them everything I knew at that point in time, and they said, um, "This is really interesting what you told us. We want you to talk to the Senate Homeland Security Governmental Affairs Committee guys." They had been investigating uh, Hunter Biden's business dealings through 2020, and as as the Senate was, they were in the majority then. And so that was uh, Senators Johnson and Senators Grassley. Well, I sat down with, there was three guys. They were a lot more receptive and they gave me some leads. They said, you, got, you should look at this guy, Pyatt, the ambassador for Ukraine. And I looked at him and I found significant evidence. So it was through that that really sort of broke open the case for, for me that I put in my book. What they don't want me to do is testify under oath because right now they they have me putting this, these are my, this is evidence that I produce, but it's not courtroom evidence. It's book evidence. And if I go under oath, it becomes court system courtroom. evidence. Yeah. And they have to, they have to deal with it as that. They don't want that. And I don't know why they don't want that, but they sure don't. And they should. 
We're speaking to uh, Mike McCormick uh, here on the Steve Malzberg Show, former Obama stenographer, and the book is um, The Case to Impeach and Imprison Joe Biden. All right, let's talk about what's going on uh, right now. And uh, today, Joe Biden came out and said, and this is after 165 or so attacks from Iranian proxies on U.S. troops, okay, Um, and said, with regard to the three troops who were killed and the dozens who were injured in Jordan on Sunday, uh, do you hold, the question was, do you hold uh, uh, Iran responsible? And he said, well, uh, they gave them the weapons, but, that, and, but and, and then like, it's like, you know, yeah, they gave them the weapons, but they didn't tell them to do anything. You know, they didn't pull the, they didn't give the order. So I guess I, I guess I don't hold them too much responsible. I half and half. I mean, that's what the answer implicates to me. So what is going on? Does Joe Biden have any, uh, is he, um, is he beholden to something or someone or some group that we don't know about? Is there something going on with, um, with, uh, with uh, the Kurds, for instance, that, that relates to all this? Fill us in. So I went to Iraq twice with Joe Biden, once in 2011 and once in 2016. In 2011, we went to this central, uh, Kurdistan is this region in northern Iraq. It also goes in Syria. And we went to their main cities, Erbil. It was pretty a, it was a pretty safe trip. We drove from the airport to the palace of the guy who runs uh, Kurdistan, a guy named Masoud Barzani. Well, in 2016, ISIS had flared up. We flew back there. We had to get a helo lift from the airport in Erbil, just six miles into this guy's compound. The uh, uh, the Kurds are are t- vicious fighters, but they're fighting, uh, you know, hand to hand combat with these ISIS killers. So it's v- pretty vicious up there. Well, the Kurds also have a lot of oil, oil wealth. Why was Joe Biden so interested in the Kurds? Joe Biden used to brag that he knew the names of Masoud Barzani's grandkids, and Masoud Barzani knew my knows my grandkids. Oh names. god! Like they were yeah. like they were the greatest friends ever. Right. When Trump took over, he took American soldiers out of the region, out of Syria. American soldiers were there in Syria to quote unquote fight ISIS, but they were right. really helping the Kurds guard their oil wealth. When Biden came back in, he put American troops back in the region, Syria, Jordan, right on the Syrian border, and um, in Iraq, up near there, to help the Kurds. I think, this is my own speculation, but I think this great personal friendship of Masoud Barzani and Joe Biden has put money in Joe Biden's, probably not his pocket, his personal pocket, but probably in his campaign uh, donations. He got probably some substantial money. He may still be getting substantial money from the Kurds. And the, you know, to do that, he's going to put American troops in harm's way. That's what I think. Why is, why are American troops there? It's Kurds. And, and, you know, just look at what, uh, president Trump did. He got them home and the, you know, the deep state and the, uh, military industrial complex, they screamed horrified, you're betraying our allies, you're betraying the Kurds. And Trump stood tough. He was like, no, these aren't angels. And um, we're getting our people out because we want to end these forever wars. You know, the Kurds didn't help us in, in D-Day. I mean, there was some serious 
antagonistic press directed at Donald Trump for saying that. And now right. look at what's happening. The American soldiers are over there. They're dreadfully exposed as the Middle East erupts, not only around, you know, Joe Biden giving money to Iran and then the rise of Hamas viciously attacking uh, civilians in um, Israel. But, you know, there's Hezbollah in uh, Lebanon. The, the, the Middle East is on the rise in a way it never was with Donald Trump there. But let me, this let is me ask what Biden's doing. Let me ask you one question. So uh, Tower 2, I think, is where these uh, soldiers were, that, that base, if I have the name correct. But you're saying that, the, 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 that this area, this base, where the soldiers were hit and, and killed and wounded, that under Trump, there were no American soldiers there. And then, when Biden, and then when Biden came back in, he put them back there. Is that what you're saying? I don't know specifically about Tower okay. 22. Okay, 22. I do yeah. know that uh, Trump took U.S. soldiers out of Syria and faced a lot of grief right. In, right. in the Congress from it. And then yeah. Biden got elected and put them back in. Lindsey Graham was a big proponent of troops in Syria to, to help our allies, the Kurds. Well, it's guarding the oil. And the oil has been sort of the oil transfers have been sort of hung up by the uh, Iraqi government, the uh, Turkish government. The Turks view the Turk, the Kurds as terrorists. So there's a huge Middle East issue there. And Trump was just like, look, we don't have to fight there. We, you know, we, we don't have to be we don't have to have our troops spend our money and have our troops there in this right. plot of ground for no good reason. Joe no. Biden. Yeah. is backing them for his friend, Masood Barzani. And you never, ever, ever hear this brought up. Not one time, not by anybody. And it's, it, it, it really is a shame. And, and combined with everything that's in your book, everything you've been telling us, all your criticism, all the evidence you say you have involving Obama and more on Biden, and that we don't hear about that either, it, it just it is so frustrating. And it makes you really want to throw your hands up and say the fix is in. Even with the Republicans, it's 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 like batting your head against the wall, and it's very frustrating. I'll give you I'll give you the final word. Uh, if anything's going to happen to Biden as far as impeachment, I mean, you got a timetable in your own mind about when when and what has to happen by you know by what time? Well, we'll see how many people buy my book and how much publicity it generates to get people aware that Biden is perfectly impeachable and should be. Um, and don't listen to the Congress about it. Uh, you know, we're the ones that have the final say. So buy the book, put it up on the best, you know, put it up number one in Amazon and people have to pay attention to it and deal with what it says because the facts are there and the evidence is in black and white. Joe Biden is a criminal. He should be impeached. And the book, of course, uh, to the name to that effect, the case to impeach and imprison Joe Biden. Uh, Mike McCormick, thank you. And again, the Substack, I love the name of it, so I'll keep saying it, um, is Laptop of Good and Evil, uh, Midnight in the Laptop of Good and Evil, Midnight in the Laptop of Good and Evil. Of course, we hardly mentioned Hunter Biden, but um, that's a name we don't need to mention tonight. Mike, thank you, my friend. Thank you for everything. Stay safe, by the way. Stay safe. Thanks, Steve. I will. All right. Take care. Mike McCormick, ladies and gentlemen. It's just so frustrating. He knows so much. So much is in the book. And he laughs at these uh, interviews that are taking place with these so-called witnesses. You know, and Republicans are in charge. And it's a joke. 
and they don't want to hear from him. They don't want to hear from Mike. They don't want to see what he's got. They don't want to know what he's got. They don't want to hear the details. That speaks volumes. And, you know, if I was a betting man, I could imagine if Vegas put odds out on this far, far, far in a way. The favorite is absolutely nothing's going to happen with impeachment in Biden. Nothing. Because they're not serious. They're not serious. Think anybody cares that this guy, that Joe Biden got free financial advice when he was vice president from this guy? Or even already he met with the Chinese. We, we've heard all these over and over. McCormick's got bigger stuff, much bigger stuff. Look at the scenario he paints on the Kurds. Have we heard the Kurds brought into it at all for our reason being, it, yes, we're there to defeat ISIS. That's what the media and everybody tells us. That's why we're in Jordan. It's part of the effort to get ISIS. But the oil fields, the Kurds, Biden's close relationship with uh, nothing. You ever hear any of that? Nothing. So it's all, we're blessed to have Mike come on the show. It's all very frustrating. That's all I got to say. And it's frustrating that we only have one final segment left in the hour, and it's not going to be that long. Uh, But stay where you are. We'll be right back. Steve Malsberg on TNT. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Remember when you were in math class and they told you to check your work? You do remember that, right? Let's say you have five minus three, and that equals two. You want to check your work, go, well... Take the answer to add three, it equals five. Correct, right? Well, you can work backwards when checking your work when it comes to why the planet is warming. At least I can with my hypothesis that this is geothermal. In other words, the input of extra energy from what is going on in the bottom of the ocean. How can I do that? Well, let's take a look at what's going on. There's less cloudiness in the tropics now. We all know that clouds are formed by the air going up, right? So that means there must not be as much air going up. Why would that be? Well, if we went from the North Pole to the South Pole, we had an average vertical velocity. And because of the normal distribution of temperature, the greatest vertical velocity, so where it's warm and moist, which would be the tropical oceans, then we'd have a certain distribution, right? Well, what happens when that distribution is disturbed by distortion? In other words, it's warming more in the north and it's warming more in the south than it is in between. Well, guess what? Less vertical velocity, less clouds. Less clouds, more sun hitting the ocean. More sun hitting the ocean, more outgoing long wave radiation. So this is being observed now. The mistake being made by people on my part of the argument, in my opinion, is that they believe that that is the tail wagging the dog. It's not. The dog that wags the tail is the input of geothermal energy. That warms the oceans, that puts the water vapor into the atmosphere, leads to distortion, leads to the difference in the vertical velocity patterns. So you see right in front of you, I checked my work on his hypothesis. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. My dad was a farmer. The guy was bigger than life. He wasn't someone that liked to show his emotion or liked to show when he was struggling. But we all struggle. I want to show emotion to my kids. It's something that brings me so much joy. And I want them to see me working through things. Allow your kids to know that it's okay to struggle. That even dad doesn't know the answer sometimes, but we're going to figure it out together. Steve Malsberg on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, folks. So a funny thing happened to Joy 
Reed on MSNBC. Um, why don't we all listen? And then we'll talk about it. Here is cut uh, 363. With congressional negotiators continuing work on a bipartisan deal to tie border policy changes to funding for Ukraine. Over the weekend, President Biden said he's ready to take action if Congress is serious about solving the border issue. If that bill were the law today, I'd shut down the border right now and fix it quickly. And Congress needs to get it done. Starting another fucking war. <laughs> Still trying to kill the deal. He bragged about blocking progress and said, please, please blame him if it fails. Okay, you heard what she said. Starting another effing war. Now, let me just say, cursing in front of a microphone when you're not supposed to is as dumb as it gets. You always assume the microphone is hot, okay? Always. During a soundbite that you're coming back from in a few seconds, you're cursing? Well, she apologized. Eh, do we like to keep it PG? And it got da, 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 da. But that's not the worst of it because it's not over the air. MSNBC's cable. It's why we're able to, to, to bring you the word because we're not over the air. We're not FCC like the networks are. MSNBC is on cable. CNN is on cable. They could curse all they want if they want. And they have on purpose sometimes and by accident with the F word here. But that's not the worst of it. The worst of it is, don't they love Joe Biden? Doesn't she always rip to shreds Donald Trump and build up Joe Biden? Yet when she thinks the microphone is off, she's saying he's going to start another effing war. She mocks him while he's speaking. Of course, not on air. She didn't think. That's actually the worst uh, of, of what you just saw and heard the hypocrisy now also understand that um uh, joy uh joy reed has been uh, in controversy they found old social media posts of her several years ago from years back when she was a talk show host somewhere on radio or whatever and she they were anti-gay she denied it. She said she must have been hacked. I think there was an FBI investigation. They couldn't find that she was hacked. So she kind of, she swore, all right, you know, I apologize. I'm sorry, but I can't imagine I would have wrote those. And then there was another incident. So for what it's worth, but either you're trying to fool the, the public and you think your listeners are a bunch of a-holes and morons, shame on you for that more so than getting the F word in and of itself leaked out which was also a dumb move folks kevin sorbo the great actor tomorrow right here tell your friends 9 p.m eastern with me on tnt